Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here talking musical history pod and a story about some business fraud. Who can tell if a story is truthful or fake, but the theme show society is close to a break. Talk history. Talk musical. Still venturing down the rabbit hole. You'll see what I went and the truth will be told. Talk Sweeney. Talk Sweeney Todd. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Welcome, folks, to another edition of Talking Musical History Podcast. This is the second part of our Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. What a story. What a story. I remember people talking about this Rodgers and Hammerstein connection because of Sondheim and how amazing his life was to study under the masters and to be living right next door to one of the greatest writers of musical theater in history. Yeah, legendary. You got to uh, intern with him. You got to learn from him. You got to see his shows in preview. Nice work if he can get it. And he didn't have to try. His mom divorces and they move out and they're, you know, like, hey, you know, now... Now you get to be the godson of musical theater. Congratulations on your new life. I remember him in an interview, he said, if you know he would have done whatever Hammerstein did, he didn't care. He would have been a lumberjack, I think he said, was the example. Thank God he did not. There was an interview on Jeffrey Brown from PBS NewsHour. Where he was like talking about how Hammerstein like said had said something to him about musical theater that basically gave him everything he needed to know to build his whole mindset about how musical theater worked. He's just given this like, hey, here's the secret, buddy. Here's the secret sauce. Go and do the thing. And he does the thing. Obviously, we can we can go on and on about how awesome Stephen Soundheim is. And like, uh, uh, you know, some of you might disagree. Some of you might be a Weber fan. And there's nothing wrong with being an Andrew Lloyd Weber fan. I love Andrew Lloyd Weber. He is a genius. He is a genius marketer. There are people who I say age into Sondheim. Not only is he like building this song, this argument. The song argument that's happening is also showing us like how futile it is for them to be arguing right now. It's really weird. There is a lot of similarity I've noticed between Into the Woods. Definitely. I mean, it was written. It was yeah. in Sweeney Todd earlier. came out first. Yes. Yeah. Like Lucy and between the old man and the narrator, the old man and the narrator are the same character just for you. Oh man, spoiler alert, the narrator and the old man in Into the Woods are the same character. The old man narrator and uh, Lucy have like these sort of like really interesting parallel stories between the two shows. Both start off in the show and you don't really know who they are until that one specific revealing moment that shows like, wait a second, this person is pivotal to the story the whole time, right? 
running away, go to it. <laughs> We're not talking about Into the Woods, but we are comparing them definitely. And so it's it's very interesting that yeah, like it happens in both, right? They they like both characters taunt. Lucy is uh, ta- taunting uh, Benjamin Barker. You know, the old man is uh, taunting you know the baker, taunting their family and uh, trying to get them to see a different way the underlying themes around uh, a Sweeney Todd. We've talked a, a bit about the history and all of that. There's a bit of like Brechtian stylings going on. London, this great machine. There's no place like London. Yes, there's a lot of angst around London. It chews people up and crushes them out and builds Sweeney's, right? That's what happens to Toby. He becomes the next Sweeney Todd. He cuts his throat in order to, to take the mantle. It's too bad. You look at all of that and how easily like Judge Turpin like crushes the spirit of Benjamin Barker building Sweeney Todd, how like Mrs. Lovett takes advantage of that, his sort of sorrow and builds this faux relationship with him that's this not even fantasy. Fantasy relationship. Is she manipulating him? Like a lot of people don't play her like that. I mean, she should be able to tell that she is a sociopath. Conniving, canoodling, messed she, up, lonely she steals, woman. She steals the wallet. And then blames it on Todd mm-hmm. and when, when Toby notices, right? She could have easily said, well, I might have stole it f- from your master. She shoes the old woman out. Right. And she knows exactly who she is. The entire time. The whole time, right? What a bitch. She tells <laughs> a half-truth in her song. She knows that Lucy was poisoned but lived. It's a really well-written story. It's just so tight. That's why I like it. And that's honestly why I like Into the Woods because like Into the Woods is like crazily woven together. I know like everybody's what their intentions are and what what they're trying to get because it's it's a tragedy. Reminded me a bit of with the jealousy and like the building up killing Desdemona, sowing of the seeds of doubt and mistrust in both Othello and Sweeney Todd. Yeah, I, I would say the major difference is, is that like Othello is brought down on purpose. I think Sweeney, uh, Mrs. Lovett, uh, uh, I don't think that she is trying to bring him down. I think she's just corrupting him. No, I wouldn't even say she's corrupting him because he's already corrupt. Yeah, but the final but, but scene. Iago is like an the, enabler too. Exactly. Right? right? Exactly. But like in a different way. He's, oh, completely different. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Like yeah. different intentions, mm-hmm. but totally that's how it's that how yeah. it's happening, right? Because yeah. Iago is manipulating in the same way. Mm-hmm. You're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And enabling jealousy and hatred like yeah wow i feel sometimes america is the same way specifically thinking the idea of london like crushing spirits america doing the same thing like who are sweeney todd in like our fiction you're thinking of like walter white breaking Breaking bad Bad. yeah Yeah. and then you have uh, travis bickle from taxi driver so you have those ideas but you know we have real life ones timothy mcveigh Mm -hmm. that's a sweeney todd ted bundy right jeffrey dahmer ted kaczynski yeah ted kaczynski exactly uh john wayne gacy yeah that little creep there's something wrong with the system when all of these horrors keep happening at the top of the hall sit a privileged few making mock of the vermin in the lower zoo and its morals aren't worth what a pig could spit and it goes by the name of london i think about like all those made in the 50s about how awesome they thought the future was going to be like what flying cars yeah and like how everyone looked so happy and like everything was like perfect and serene or even thinking about like star trek thinking about star trek level a lot of it just comes down to like eliminating a oppression this show is about kind of about oppression right mm-hmm. that's how the judge is able to do what he 
what he can do. He's a part of the machine that helps ruin all of these people's lives. Even if he were removed, there would be some other judge put in his place. Trump is Turpin, who uses their power to hurt people. Just to, you know, build a wall, kick Muslims out of the country, rip children away from their parents. It's unfortunate to think about, especially if you know, really, truly know the history of the country. And like, uh, you know, uh, uh, spoiler alert, Mexicans are actually Native Americans. We can do better. We can do better. And we can eliminate the chain of Sweeney Todd. Once you make it a diverse town, like London has to be, then people try to oppress certain other people. Rich against poor, men against women, white against black, gay against straight. We're all working together in society to build a better community. We don't have any reason to be. We're stronger together. You said earlier that uh, Judge Turpin is Trump. I do agree with that. And it, it's not just because of the thing you said, but Judge Turpin imprisons a child. Yeah. Uh, Trump put kids in cages, but Judge Turpin, like, imprisons a child, doesn't even think twice about it. Um, And the Beatle, like, you know, is, is sort of gleefully watching it happen. He's like, ooh, yeah, get him. And the Beatle is Mike Pence, of course. The fly Beatles. Yeah, the fly. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a fun meme for a bit. And then Trump, like, not even caring about who gets killed by COVID because he just wants to be in charge and powerful. Mrs. Lovett, where's her husband? Where's Mr. Lovett? He's dead. How do you know that? What song does she talk about him? Where'd he go? What remnants of him exists in the show? Some of it makes me think that at some point she might have killed her husband and actually like chopped him up earlier and and put him in pies. And, and that's how she knew. That's why she came up with the idea. Ooh, I never thought of it like that. But yeah, that's why she's so smart about this. Pretending they had the, the, this idea for the first time. <laughs> Try some husband. What an awful waste. <laughs> Maybe she didn't necessarily kill him. Either way, I think he died and she cut him up and put him in pies. And then removed all evidence of his existence. I mean... That would explain a lot. No one, I don't think anyone comes to just, you know, we have this dead body. You know, let's just uh, make a pie out of him. She gets to that answer really quick. And this is how the capitalist brain works. She's not an innocent. Mrs. Lovett is not an innocent. The one truth is, is that she knows how to take advantage of a situation. I mean, she's the reason why Benjamin Barker stays on the edge of murder. She's totally Lex Luthering him. Yep. I will give her props on this. Mrs. Lovett and Todd are having a discussion about, uh, she's like, hey, you know, it's great that Anthony's going to get Joanna. He's going to free her. And he's like, oh, and then they're going to run off together. And he's like, hey, if you want to kill someone, that's the neck to cut. She's right. If Sweeney would have killed him at that moment, he would have won been able to kill the judge she had the best plan she's not the best person but she had the best plan mm -hmm. and that's actually what i really like about the story specifically it puts the story out and it doesn't put any judgment on it right you have to look at it and think about like why did these things happen like there's a lot of weird shit happening in this show and all the while the horn blows telling people to get back to fucking work yeah, and then that was interesting because it is about the working class. Yeah. You get told that when you come in with no place like London. Right. That's sort of the setting. That's the, the, the tone. That's like what it's all about. It's about everyone's jobs butting up against each other, being this like jungle of London, place of terror where man eats man, literally. It's man devouring man, my dear. Here is my other problem with this show. It's the Batman syndrome. 
Yes. Batman's living in Gotham, like all of these things, and no one thinks to themselves, what kind of person can afford all that? <gasps> Holy shit, Bruce Wayne. Benjamin Barker comes back to London, a place that he lived yeah. with his wife and kid, and no one recognizes him. That's the terror of Sweeney Todd. The community has failed him. They have made him worse of a man. Since they haven't cared for him, he will carve them up and turn them into pies. Like he did with Purelli. Uh, Purelli doesn't have to extort Benjamin Barker. He could be he could be a cool Joe about it and be like, it sucks that I'm not better than you right now, but like it's good to see you back here. Mm -hmm. like, uh, I wish I, you I, the best. I, I know you broke yeah. out of a prison, but like, you know, I wish you the best. He yeah. could have been like that, right? He could have been cool to him, but he wasn't cool. He wanted to like own him and he, he rose up against him. The true problem with Sweeney Todd is a failure of community. The judge is a bad judge. The barber is a bad barber. The baker is a bad baker. Mm -hmm. the, the, I would say the only one that stands out against that is the beggar woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so, right? It's not her fault she got raped and drugged. Some would think that like maybe it was the rape that actually helped her go insane and the poison was just like a after thing. That makes sense as to why yeah, she took the poison. And we talked about that when we were talking about Billie Holiday with Reefer Madness. Like people do drugs specifically to uh, mitigate their emotional and their psychological pain. We were talking about the comparison between uh, Into the Woods and Sweeney Todd, Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney versus uh, the baker and his wife. Yes. Right? In, the, in a parallel universe, mm -hmm. the baker's wife is actually Mrs. Lovett. Her husband goes off to, to fight the witch and fails. Mm -hmm. And then so she's alone and then she has to go and find. And then Sweeney Todd shows up. Yeah. How all of this has corrupted Toby, ruined Joanna's life. Though I guess it's not really ruined because I guess she ends up with a hunky Anthony. So Stephen Sondheim has a problem with women, in my opinion. I'm not trying to hate, but it seems like he has a problem with women specifically because like Joanna, like what does she want? She wants freedom. Other than that, we don't really know much about her. She's a damsel in distress, dude. In Finishing the Hat and Look, I Made a Hat, where he goes in and says, if I were making it different today, every person has blind spots. It's not like they are sexist characters. Right. I know that's not what you're saying. Yeah. Or um, I guess Lucy has the most depth, right? Yeah. After this message, we'll be right back. We're back. Oh, yeah, we're back. We're back on the air. You have to allow things like racism and sexism and whatever to be a part of your story. Because Mrs. Lovett didn't have enough. I feel like her role should have been a little bit more important and it's not like it was weak but it i feel like it should have been more important i agree with you some people feel like mrs lovett is like the most devoted significant other the myra scenario that we were talking about with Stephen urkel like uh myra versus laura myra's more devoted some people think that mrs lovett is kind of like the idea of a super devoted partner yeah partner and i disagree with that I, right I, I don't i don't see her that way at all i see her more as like a little bit delusional and also like manipulative to try to build the scenario that doesn't really exist the things she does leads to benjamin barker's de demise she could have told hey you know your wife's still alive but she chooses not to to leave out details how devoted to him is she right if she can't even tell him the truth about that all she cares about is the way she envisions her life and their life together. In some ways, I think Judge Turpin and Mrs. Lovett view love in the very same way. The idea. I 
I'll conquer love. It's not love conquers all. I'll conquer love. They both love the idea of love, not actually being in love with someone and dealing with all of their issues. They got issues. They got issues. My biggest problem was how often Joanna was trying to be stolen. It's a play on words, the idea of, of stealing her away. And I get that. Mm. She's already being treated so much like property. It just feels so heavy handed to me. In my mind, there was a quick, quick flash of like someone singing that to a, like Ivanka Trump. I'll steal you, Ivanka. Random fact, just to throw out there, like uh, we, I was showing Kevin a moment ago that like uh, she used to give her dad Donald Trump uh, lap dances, which is crazy. This is why the world creates weirdness and Sweeney Todd's because you know weirdness exists in this world. Yeah, and le legitimate weirdness, not like some people think that uh, uh the Rocky Horror picture shows is so terrible but I, I, w I would argue that uh, a grown man getting a lap dance from his daughter is probably a little bit more odd I would have to agree with that Thank you for listening folks to Talking Musical History Podcast talking about Sweeney Todd I am Kevin I'm Chris Have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time Here Talking Musical History Pod and a story about some business fraud. Who can tell if the story is truthful or fake? But the theme show society is close to a break. Talk history. Talk, talk musical. Still venturing down the rabbit hole. You'll see what I went and the truth will be told. Talk Sweeney. Talk Sweeney Todd. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.